strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slam to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800 State Farm. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! You know what makes this upcoming season just so intriguing? No. Is that there are way more questions than answers. True. Where is this season going? What's in store? How's it going to play out? And who will be the players on this final 53, right? All we know for sure is that the process is underway. And I tend to think that day one of training camp, also becoming the first day we've had of rain in more than four months, that somehow those two are interconnected and linked, that somehow there was cause and effect. Really? That the fact that Cardinals camp was back underway and all of a sudden we got rain, somehow those football gods, they honored the fact the Cardinals are back on the turf here at State Farm Stadium. Whatever, Paul. The only other thing I really know for sure is that somebody has to pace themselves around here because, Wolf, you have been on your feet all day long, Wolf. It's a long training camp. It's a long season. Paul, i got to tell you right now, I've never felt so energized in my life. I kid you not. Based on what I saw out there in practice today, I don't think I've ever seen anything that has energized me as much on day one, at least for me. This is day one for me than what I saw out there today. I'm fired up, Paul. You and Buda Baker. Buda Baker was... He was fired up. He was out in that field. He was smiling. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, what's going on? Just the fact he was out on the field. That's the first answer for all the questions we had coming into camp. You could argue, number one, Buda Baker, what's his status? He did not participate on field activities in the offseason. But getting things underway here... They got his deal done, as we found out later. In fact, here's the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, when asked about Buda Baker, team captain. First and foremost, you know, when you turn on a tape, everyone is watching that tape. Who stands out, you know? Uh, I think Jeff Rogers said it best in his special teams meeting. You know, he's looking for guys when you turn on a tape. It's like, who the is that guy? You know, and uh, obviously everyone knows who number three is, but those type of plays show up, you know, pretty consistently on a tape for him. And look, speaking of DBs, Keytrell Clark is their very special guest tonight, the rookie sixth rounder, right? He's been following around Buda Baker like all the DBs do, but Buda Baker got a deal done before camp started. Monty Austin Ford, ownership, he got a deal done, reportedly $2.4 million in bonuses and incentives added to his deal, a $300,000 signing bonus, $2.1 million to be had in incentives and bonuses, et cetera. So, boom, okay. We talked about this at length, Wolf. Yes. And to me, it's about a best-case scenario you can end up with. I say it's a win-win, Paul. It, both sides got what they wanted. And we all know you're either part of the problem, part of the solution. I've called this offseason the latest purge movie. Buda Baker, definitely part of the solution 
Wolf. And, and we know it, not just what he does on film and does on the field, but what he does in that locker room. No doubt about it, Paulie. It's so critical right now. Buda Baker got paid. He's happy right now, and you didn't give him a new contract. You did not do it. You didn't tear it up and say this is going to be a new extension with Buda Baker. So you still have that in your back pocket if you're Monty Austin Ford right now. What I love about this, Buda's happy. Buda's happy. Buda's happy. Now all of a sudden you're going to have coaches that are going to take out their red dot and they're going to stick that red dot on tape. When the tape is up on the wall in front of everybody, they're going to stick that red dot on number three and they go, boys, look at number three. Watch Buda right here. There are two times in the world where, as a player, you're really, really worried about that red dot. Okay? One of those times, though, could be a good time where you actually do something well. The other time is typically with the red dot. What are you doing here? What is going on here? Right? Buda Baker is the perfect red dot. Because when they put that red dot on Buda Baker, it's because he's doing something really, really special. That's who he is. And if there's one thing Jonathan Gannon and this staff does, it's hold players accountable. It's one big reason he was hired. That was identified as an issue coming off the four-win campaign a year ago. But even the head coach admits it's better coming from players than it is from coaches. And Zayvon Collins talked about that, just having Buda Baker back from day one. I was standing there and someone punched me in the stomach. I was like, who the hell is this? I was like, oh, there's Buddha. <laughs> but, like, yeah. And he's like, are you ready? I was like, yeah, I'm ready, Boo. Let's go. It's day one to a long season. Let's get after it. Buddha always brings that type of energy. Buddha will hold everyone accountable. You know, it was my rookie season. I messed up a simple play. And, I mean, he was on the sideline just, you know, getting, like, telling me every name in the book. But, like, I mean, I remember that day vividly. But it wasn't because he's trying to be harsh towards me. It was because he's trying to make me better. Zayvon Collins there. Wolf, you know, look, we go hit rewind over the last 20 years. The Carson Palmers. The Larry Fitzgeralds, the Kurt Warners, yeah. holding teammates accountable. Yes. It just seems to go that much farther when you're hearing it from a team leader. No, Paulie, there's no doubt about that. It's so critical right now. You've heard me talk about it many, many times. There is culture, and then there is modeling that culture. And Buda Baker, you've heard me talk about this. He doesn't just model the culture that they want here, Paul. He is the culture that they want here a smart guy who's going to go about his business in a very professional kind of way who's going to give you everything that he's got on the field and off i I, he is the exact kind of culture that the coaching staff wants here and that's the reason why buda baker is so valuable going forward schematically i can't wait to see how they use him what are they going to do with buda baker where's he going to be Are we going to see three safeties? Because I saw it in practice today. Very interesting to see what they're going to do with Buda Baker and where he's going to line up. Jonathan Gannon was asked what he respects about a Buda Baker, two-time All-Pro. And he said, you know what, simply put, he plays the game, in my opinion, said Gannon, the way the game should be played. Let that hang for a minute. And, Wolf, he was that guy as a rookie when he yeah. made the Pro Bowl as a special teamer. Yeah. He was that guy. He's the guy Mike Tomlin, when he was mic'd up, oh, man. was raving about. Buda Baker just flying all over the field. So, so look, if there's one guy you're going to model your behavior, that winning behavior yes. that Jonathan Gannon talks about, 
absolutely, it is Buda Baker. It's Buda Baker, Paulie. Not only that, too. Uh, there, there are two things when you watch Buda Baker on tape, and it's interesting because this is what we started this beautiful part of the program with. It's watching Buda on tape. When you watch him on tape, and JG knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. There are two things that overwhelm you when you watch Buda Baker on tape. Two things. Number one, absolutely fearless fearless Paul you can see a player that plays the game in a very fearless kind of way you can see it there's no hesitation whatsoever he's fearless that's number one number two he never gives up on a play you never see him loaf it on a play you put those two things together right there that is the culture that you want other guys to actually model Buddha is the culture you can have other guys model it you know when you say that, you know what I think of? The end of the playoff loss at the L.A. Rams. Game's totally out of hand. Buda Baker chasing down Cam Akers. Oh. Touchdown saving catch. That's right. And then had to leave on a stretcher. That's right. That's Buda Baker literally Buda. laying it all on the line at the end of a game that had long been decided. Uh, training camp powered by Cox, by the way. Free Cardinals camp tickets. All you have to do is go to azcardinals.com slash camp ticks. That's C-A-M-P. T-I-X. Uh, the first open practice today for fans out here. The first padded practice is going to be July 31st. Wolf, just give me a couple impressions of what you saw out there. Oh, my goodness. First of all, I just want to talk, since we're talking about Buda Baker, the three safety defense that I actually saw out on the field with Isaiah Simmons out there and Jalen Thompson out there as well. Uh, very interesting that Isaiah Simmons a lot of the time was lined up in the middle of the field. Cover three is a massive coverage in the National Football League. It's amazing. It's been around forever, but it really has taken off in the last couple of years. Cover three is a favorite right here. Three deep, four underneath, rush four. I think you're going to see an awful lot of that. I think you're also going to see man free, where there's man across the board and then a free safety in the middle of the field. To me, that cover three, though, you'll rotate a safety up and into the box. And I'm wondering if you're going to stick Isaiah Simmons in the middle of the field, you're going to have Jalen Thompson and Budin in the box. Very interesting. We'll talk offense next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. What a drive engineered by Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy just dropped a pee into a thimble. You know, last year was just really tough some of my best friends and people that I love and care about and you know are close with get fired you know then you know you have the off-season surgery and like it just those, those things just add up emotionally and I think when the off-season started I just I wasn't in a great place because I was you know physically I was getting better and better each day and I felt better but emotionally I just was still I don't know what the word would be probably just like sad you know, like you like in a fog, just, yeah, just a little bit of a funk, or? a little bit of a funk, a little bit of a fog. Like you work so hard to make something happen. You know, you're just you're sad when it doesn't work out. Just one of many memorable moments from the Dave Pash podcast featuring Colt McCoy in his 14th NFL season, a legend in Texas, soon to be 37 years of age. He has seen and done it all in the NFL. It's just a great listen, the Pash Pod, wherever you get your podcasts. That's all you need to do. Just search Dave Pash Podcast and Colt McCoy, the starting quarterback for now. And for how long, we don't know. But Wolf, just simply put, 
You watch Cole McCoy, especially in this offense, and don't worry, we're going to get into yeah. the offense. All right, <laughs> right, buddy. We're going to get into the offense. We're yes. going to get into the physicality of this camp. But yes. when I see Cole McCoy running this offense, I'm reassured. I mean, there's a certain confidence level just because he's been there and done that in this sort of scheme. He's definitely all over this kind of offense that the Arizona Cardinals are getting ready to unfurl. But let me just say this right now, Paulie. When I hear that cut, the very first thing I think of is never forget the game of football and professional football players. It's played by human beings. You know what I mean? It just, it really, the humanity of what he just said right there, it really reminds me, it hit, it, it hits home. You know, so much of the time, Paul, I think we, we put these players on a pedestal, like they're being down from the mothership. And yet we need a good reminder that they are human, just like everybody else. They're human beings. And Colt McCoy right there relaying just how upset he has been in regard to losing a lot of his friends not only coaches that he's worked with teammates of course obviously but even front office personnel oh, yeah and just how much he cares it's obvious it's palpable in that cut a lot of guys in the nfl you know they're playing for the next contract they're hired mercenaries colt's one of those guys that cares about everyone his dad was a high school coach it's in his dna the game itself and so when it comes to being the Cardinals' starting quarterback to begin this season, which is what we presume, that's not something that is lost on a Colt McCoy as he shared with Dave Pash. It's a cool feeling. Like I don't take it lightly that there's only 32 guys that get to do this. For me, it's very similar to the role I've been in the last two years. It's like always being ready, always studying, always learning, always preparing, always asking questions. A ton of my closest friends are gone. It, they're, they're just gone. That That's a hard process to go through emotionally and mentally and now I feel like through this break I'm in a a way better place and I'm ready to go back and play football you know what else is gone yeah the previous way the Arizona Cardinals approached the offensive side of the ball (laughs) it's I mean oh yeah Wolf. just simple things that you take for granted this team is now going to huddle yes this team is now going to be under center this team is now going to require different mechanics and footwork from their quarterbacks. Yes. I mean, it's not just different play calling and scheming. It's just a radically different way to approach moving the football. Yeah, Paulie. You know, you mentioned huddle right there. i got to jump on that right now. This is a huge thing. You know what a big believer in the huddle that I am. And I think a lot of teams have found this out and discovered it. Maybe the hard way, right? Because they didn't have it. Of course, you know, the last four or five years, I would say, the new age coming in, and man, you were going to go no huddle, and it's up-tempo. It's all about get on the ball, and yep, it's up-tempo. Get on the ball. What are you doing right now? What got lost in all of that is the accountability that actually happens inside a huddle. I'm talking about, are you looking at me? Because I'm looking at you right now. Don't leave me hanging out to dry like you did on the last third and eight. Don't, the last time we ran this production, this protection, don't leave me hanging. I mean, you know what I mean, Paulie? Like those conversations actually happen inside a huddle when the quarterback stepped out getting the play. 
It's it's not only accountability, it's also tips that are passed along. Hey, guys, remember the last third and ten, what they did to us on the last one. Remember they brought that strong safety fire. We could see it again right here. I mean, it's just stuff well, like that. Well, how many times Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer were mic'd up, they'd break the huddle, and he would grab one of the receivers and say, look, you're the key to this play. Yes. Remember this. It, Paulie, it's it's critical that, that you actually huddle. Now, there are going to be times you want to go up-tempo, no doubt about it. There are going to be times... I'm all for jumping into the no the no huddle, even on a series, Paul. Just doing it out of nowhere to surprise your opponent. I got no problem with that. But when you say this is what we're going to do 90% of the time, we're always going to do it this way, man, I got all sorts of problems with that. I tell you, it's really interesting. What's coming on offense? Kyle Vandenbosch busted out some numbers, Wolf. How about this? The same Kyle Vandenbosch that ripped you down on the field earlier today. <laughs> that dirt bag. Okay, he came up with some numbers, and it goes something like this. Cleveland's offense last year was top five in 12 personnel. They were number one in 13 personnel. Do you know who was number one in 12 personnel? The Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> so between Drew Petzing in Cleveland and Jonathan Gannon in Philadelphia. Yeah. Guess what? It is going to look and play a lot different this year. Paulie, there's no doubt about that. One of the biggest signings of the off-seasons just happened. One of the biggest signings of the off-season just happened. Jeff Swain. Okay? The veteran tight end. The veteran tight end. Jeff Swain from the Tennessee Titans he right has now. pedestrian pass-catching numbers. Let's, oh, forget about the pass-catching, okay, Paulie? Will you t- this is a true stud tight end. This is the first true stud tight end who's actually played in the National Football League that is going to line up on the end of the line of scrimmage and actually come off the ball and remove somebody. He did it for the Tennessee Titans for a long time. He was a seventh-round pick, Paulie, if I'm not mistaken, right now. He made himself into a tight end where he was a starter. He was the best blocking tight end the Tennessee Titans had for Derrick Henry. Would you say, Paulie, the the Tennessee Titans ran the ball, especially in a north-south kind of way? Yes, indeed, they Yes, Paulie. And now all of a sudden you've got him. You know what? I'm, I'm so happy for Zach Ertz. Zach, you don't, you don't have to try to be that guy anymore. We got that stud tight end right there. Now Trey McBride can actually back up. Both spots, the wide, the stud tight end, and the H. He can develop. He can grow. He doesn't have to be out there and learn with his hair on fire. Right now he doesn't because they got a true stud tight end, and now Zach Ertz is going to be your move tight end. Here comes 12 personnel, baby. All right, so look, Cole McCoy is your starter. Uh, Clayton Toon has been running number two two days into camp. Yes. You know what's interesting about the Clayton Toons of the world? He spent five years at Houston. He never huddled in college. He's had to learn the huddle. Kyler Murray, to my knowledge, has never formally huddled. So it's going to be a transition of sorts for the franchise quarterback. Oh, Paul, you're going to have to call plays. It's going to be different. So maybe Verbally. In, maybe in some ways, a small way, Colt McCoy taking the reins to start this scheme from the very beginning might be beneficial in a lot of different ways. I'll let you comment on that right after we hear from Colt McCoy just talking about the Kyler Murray outlook on the Dave Pash podcast. Kyler is, he's the ultimate competitor. So, I mean, I think he's attacking his rehab. He wants to be out on the field. He's good in meetings. You know, there are some things that are going to be different. Like, we are going to huddle. We are going to call plays in the huddle. We're going to use, like, a lot of different mechanics than what we did last year, Right. I mean, just from the very beginning, there's a lot of things to learn. But Kyler has jumped right in. He's he's doing the things that he can do without actually being out there and 
and calling the plays and running the plays, right? But I bet he's out there sooner than later would be my guess. One luxury never afforded Kyler Murray. He was never able to sit behind a veteran quarterback. Yes. And just learn and absorb. He was never able to do that. He was the guy from day one, so maybe there might ultimately be some benefit to this arrangement. There's no doubt about it, Paulie. Right now, I think this can be a positive. You know how tight Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy are, and the fact that now Colt McCoy can actually show him. He can model exactly how you need to work your feet in this offense. Putting him under center, of course. You need to run to that mesh point right there and then be able to either bootleg it out of there or set up in the pocket set up there you've got to look at colt mccoy and his feet and kyler can then go ahead do the exact same thing study colt mccoy on tape and then use that to obviously go out and replicate and i tell you what colt mccoy had a couple of dimes today he hit rondell moore on a couple of passes Money throws, 11 on 11. Uh, There were some throws to Hollywood Brown where he's right. I mean, so far it looks good. And then, of course, we all know a quarterback's best friend is the run game. One of the best (laughs) quotes so far two days into camp, somebody was asking JG just about the Cardinals' new offense and featuring James Conner. And he said, I'm just excited to watch number six run the ball as we cram it vertical. (laughs) That was the verbiage used by the head coach. I love that, Paul. We got to put that on a card, a sign somewhere. Hey, JG, cram it vertical. You know who else loves it? All the offensive linemen love it. They're raving about it already. There was a moment today where James Conner ran the zone, the stretch play, yeah. and he got some so he got some room off the edge, and he just housed it. He just ran an ex- – they kept were blowing going. the whistle. He kept going another 60 yards. Yeah, he kept going right now. There's a new mentality, man. This is a – this is a football mentality. It is a beautiful thing to actually watch. Now they got to grow it, Paul. So you're a rookie draft pick, right? And your first impression with the new decision makers is, hey, uh, Coach, can I miss rookie minicamp? Keetrol Clark had a really good reason, and he has a really good chance to make a lot of noise in this camp as a corner. We have seen it already. I've seen a little bit of that. We'll hear from him next. Keetrol Clark on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. For some reason, every time it'd be a one-on-one situations, I was always matched up with Keetrell Clark. But we had some good battles back and forth, and I think he's going to be a guy that's going to play for a while because he controls all the controllables. He's high no matter what. Like high, high energy guy no matter what. And I have a lot of respect for how he prepares himself on a day-to-day. He told me today two pages of notes on me. Okay, this is what Mike does on this release, on this release, on this route, on this route. I'm like, bro, that's that's crazy. And so I love going against guys that truly love the game. And, you know, Keetrell is one of those guys. I think he's going to be really, really special, and he's got a special personality. I think he's one of the most special personalities I've probably come across in my lifetime in football. How about that? That's a keeper of a statement, an eye-opening statement from rookie receiver Michael Wilson on rookie corner Keetrell Clark. Until you realize the value placed on study and the importance of education 
from someone who asked for permission to miss rookie minicamp <laughs> to attend his college graduation. And we're going to get into all that as we welcome the player yes, and the big personality, Keytrell Clark, to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Yes, Early in camp, your first NFL training camp, just tell us, uh, how you doing? How you feeling? I mean, how, how's, how's the whole experience washing over you at this point? Man, first I'll just say thank you for having me on this on this show today, man. It's, it's an honor, truly. Like you said, man, it all started, you know, right after the season last year out of college. You know, started the combine uh, prep and next thing you know, on to the draft and and. Uh, in my time, you know, letting Coach JG and, and everybody know, like, look, I got to go graduate, man. And when y'all draft me, that's what I got to go do. C- can y'all accept that? And, you know, they was they was willing to that. And I was very appreciative and, you know, came in uh, into minicamp and, and gave it my all. And that's where you hear guys like Michael Wilson uh, speak high praises of me, man, because – because I really take this game to heart. Um, it's, it's more a lifestyle to me, man. Yeah, what did it mean when the decision makers embraced your request? When they wholeheartedly said, absolutely, go out to college graduation? Because that was quite the experience, wasn't it? It was. I just felt like it was an honor, like I said, for the head coach of an organization, the club, uh, to be able to grant me that opportunity to do so, man. And it just showed them, showed me that they value me as a person and a player um, as well. Um, so so I was just truly appreciative of that, man. So <laughs> studying is what you do. Keytrell Clark is our guest. Is that true? Do you, are you really oh. formulating notes on your own teammates and receivers you go against in practice? Absolutely. There's no question about it because these are the guys that, that I compete against every single day. These are the guys I'm going to go against all year. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They're going to make me better, you know? So I want to make them better as well, you know? So I want to learn those, learn the tools that they have in their toolbox um, and then maybe change some tools in my toolbox and they may see some things that they haven't seen from me. Um, and that's how me and Michael, we pretty much go at it. I might see him do something new and I'd be like, hmm, that was new, bro. I ain't see that one. And then I'll change something up, and we just keep going back and forth, man. So studying has always been a part of my repertoire, um, and it's all the little details of things for me, man. It, it can be something as, as little as the smallest of tiniest detail, and I'm going to make sure that I know the ins and outs of it because I don't like not knowing something. What have you learned so far? About the NFL. You obviously have a lot to learn. Correct. But like Kyle Soley we had on recently, right, fellow rookie, and he said, man, I've learned you got to be on your toes at all time because this head coach, this staff is liable to hold you accountable. Definitely. At any moment. Definitely. Definitely. And and one thing I love about this coaching staff is they love adaptability and, and change at the end of the day. They understand that it's not a my way or the highway type of uh, concept. It's what can we do to help you to put you in the best position possible to be able to go out and uh, execute the way that we would like it. Um, and, and that's the main thing. One thing that I truly learned about about the NFL, man, is is uh, special teams. <laughs> hey, uh, you got to really harp on the small details and everything, but special teams is one that you really have to provide the value uh, and be able to know the details of every position um, to be able to get on the field as well. Well, I look at your scouting report coming out of Louisville, and you're known as a feisty, aggressive <laughs> corner. So does special teams sort of suit you in terms of the mentality needed? Yeah, for sure. 
For sure. I feel like on special teams, you got to be feisty. You got to be tenacious. You got to go down the field and be able to really take somebody's head off at the end of the day. So, Or be on kickoff return and get ready for somebody yeah, right. <laughs> 250 pounds to run at you. So, uh, man, special teams, is you just got to have that killer mindset at the end of the day, and, I, and that's something that I possess. What was your mindset going to the East-West Shrine game? Because from everything I yeah. can tell, that was critical for sure to your NFL future, right? You ran sure. a four four two, but you really competed at the Shrine Game for sure. Uh, my twenty twenty one season, I tore my ACL and my MCL, uh, so I was coming back in the twenty twenty two season off of injury. Um, so you know, it takes about a year for you to truly feel like yourself again. Um, so the first half of the season, I felt like I didn't play my best. You know, so going into the end of the season, you know, I played a lot better, and then I got the invite to the East West. Strong Bowl, and that gave me a lot of confidence um, at the end of the day, too, because I knew when I went there, regardless of what happened in my past, I knew that I was going to go to the East-West Strong Bowl and be the best corner there and overall person uh, and player. Um, so, And I felt like I went there and I did exactly what I was supposed to do, um, and, and, and I feel like that played a big, big, big portion and part of how I'm in these seats today, for sure. Keith Trell Clark is our guest, round six rookie out of Louisville. I mean, Already you've had to contend with so many different type of receivers in this roster, right? You have the size of Michael Wilson. You have the strength of a Zach Paschal. You have the explosion and the speed of a Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore. How challenging is it just to play the position itself, cornerback? Yeah. Besides quarterback, I say cornerback is probably the position right behind it. At the end of the day, you don't know where the wide receiver is going. They know that route. You don't know it. Um, and you're going backwards. Um, I feel like you're guarding somebody running full speed at you backwards. Um, and it takes the elite few to be able to do so. Um, so, man, I just say every single day that I step on the field, that's where it goes into your film study um, and, and to just study in the game so it can make it easier for yourself when you step out there and all of the tributes that I have as far as my speed and my strength and my explosion uh, be able to be right there as well. Speaking of quarterbacks, it's hard not to notice you wear number 13. <laughs> Kurt Warner's name is on the ring of honor. It is. At State Farm State. How familiar are you with the yeah. quarterback, Kurt Warner? I got – I know he an OG. I call him OGs. I know he an OG. I'm not going to dive too much into it, but I know I got some big shoes to fill. <laughs> so I asked my Jay Sanders this time last year. I said, okay, you're coming into the league. Which quarterback would you like to sack the most? He immediately said Tom Brady. Mm, you can't I, do that no more. Which, which quarterback <laughs> would you like to intercept the most in the NFL? Mm. Or is a receiver that you really would look forward to matching up against? Which quarterback? I'm going to start with quarterback first. I say I say Pat Mahomes for sure. He the best. You got to go out to the best. Uh, Pat Mahomes and then just guarding the wide receiver. Um, can't wait to go against guys like Justin Jefferson, um, Dotson uh, over there at Washington. Uh, and, and shoot, it's a long list of great wide receivers in this league. So what have coaches told you about your role? Because in some regards, that cornerback room is wide open by all counts. And I've seen a lot of different guys running first team, including you. So when you get those sort of reps with the first team, I mean, how meaningful is that to yeah. you? And where do you think it might be tracking yeah. if you play the kind of ball you want to play? Yeah. My main thing is always controlling what I can't control. So as I talk to my coaches, they tell me, control what you can control and go out there and compete every single day. Um, and at the end of training camp, we'll see where the cards may lay. Um, so... 
it's nothing to pinpoint. Uh, just know if I'm out there and I'm competing and I'm and I'm not giving up any explosive plays and I'm making plays, we we you know where that leads to. So, so yeah. tell tell me about your battles with Michael Wilson. Keytrol <laughs> Clark is our guest here in the Big Red Rage, and or anyone else who, who I mean, who's keeping you honest out there when you yeah. go against the receivers? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's Michael Wilson, of course. You know, it's a rookie class. We both came in together. Uh, and, and and we we battle uh, also you know guys like ZP uh, Pascal, great wide receiver um, going against Rondell going against uh, Hollywood Greg Dortch the whole receiving core man I I feel like they all make me better every time I line up against them because their whole work ethic and everything that they do off the field translates to on the field um, and that was makes me stay on top of my game and on my toes as well. Well, and this team is going to Minnesota for joint practices with the Vikings so you'll see Justin Jefferson. Facts. Out, out there in about three weeks or so, no doubt about it. All right, look, we can measure your 40. You ran a 4-4-2. Look, you have the athleticism. There's no doubt. But when it comes to playing corner, how about the mental side of it? Mm-hmm. Just the confidence, the fortitude, just the mental strength because yep. every corner gets beat at some point. Exactly. So what do you tell yourself? How how critical is that to being a successful cornerback, just yeah. that mental fortitude? Yeah. So uh, one thing that uh, me and my pops always talk about is is a next play mentality. Um we talk about that for the game of football itself, and we talk about that for life at the end of the day. Um, it's just a next play mentality. Uh, if you give up a play, so what? How you going to finish the game that's really going to matter, okay? So that's that's the things that I when I go into the game, of course, I hate to give up anything. I could give up a five-yard route and be pissed. Uh, that's just the type of person I am because I'm a competitor at the end of the day. But you got to focus on the next play. You're not going to make every single play. There's no perfect player on that field. Um, even even the greats like Tom Brady has made mistakes. Even he has thrown interceptions. But he has also won Super Bowls too as well. In the same game, he may have thrown an interception. You know, so it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And if you allow one play at the corner position to dictate how you're going to finish the game, then you're in the wrong position and you're in the wrong field. And you ain't going to win at life. <laughs> Down the stretch we come with Keytrell Clark, rookie corner. Football is more than a job to you, isn't it? I, I get mm-hmm. the sense, I mean, you're really passionate about the sport. Definitely, definitely. That's a game that I've been playing since I was six years old. Uh, I take heed to this this game. Um, it's my livelihood. Every single day that I walk in the building, I keep my energy high. Um, I'm just excited to just be here. Um, this is a blessing at the end of the day. So I, I take it, I don't never take advantage of it as well. You know? You've already separated yourself in one regard. We're not aware of any other NFL player who has his own photo gallery on an NFL team site. <laughs> you were downtown and you helped yourself to the camera with Caitlin, the team photographer, right? Tell, tell us about your photo gallery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was amazing. So uh, me and Caitlin, uh, we connected when I first got here. Uh, you know how all the rookies come in and we just do our regular photos and our nice polo. And, you know, I came in the room with my great energy and I was just excited to be there. And it was like, man, out of everybody, you you were so excited to take these pictures. And I'm just like, man, I'm just happy to be here. And then next thing you know, um, I just kept on coming around. I would go in their office and stuff and just dap, they, dap them up and shake their hand, say, how y'all doing today? And then it was like, you know what? Uh, I want to do something with you. Uh, I know that you like the camera. 
let's go downtown and, you know, kind of explore. And I'll just te- teach you how to work the camera a little bit and you can get some great shots. Um, and I can put it in my little photo gallery. Um, and, shoot, that was another great opportunity because, yeah. you know, that's I'm going to end up being a photographer one day. <laughs> maybe maybe on the side, just, just on the side while I'm still playing ball, I might still do it. <laughs> that's great stuff. Keytrell Clark, our guest here on the Big Red Rage. Um, let me ask you. Because I've asked every player, rookie or vet, has this coaching staff held you accountable yet? Have you had that moment? Zayvon Collins said he was put on blast the first team meeting because he's eating breakfast. Uh, Kyle Soley said yes. He's been called on in team meetings. He kind of got half the answer, didn't get the entire answer. (laughs) How about you? Have you had that moment? Yes. (laughs) Hey, one thing on this staff is, like you said, they're going to hold every player, every coach accountable. Uh, So at the end of the day, you got to know it, know it. That's what JG always talked about. You don't just know it. You got to know it, know it. So uh, uh, one day we was on special teams, actually. It was my first day out there. <laughs> my first day out there, and uh, I had ended up turning the wrong way. Uh, Coach JG comes out the blue. Key Trail, turn the right freaking way, man. <laughs> he doesn't miss much, does he? Nah, he does not yeah. miss it. He yeah. does not miss it. And then after I turned the wrong way, um, I kind of jogged off. He was like, man, run back, run back. So I was like, ever since then, I just make sure that I'm on my P's and Q's every time I step on the field because somebody's watching, head coach, GM, uh Anybody is watching you when you step on that field, so you better make sure you're doing everything the correct way. Well, and we'll be watching as well from the radio (laughs) booth and looking forward to every moment. You're just getting rolling. The most important thing to us is guys like you and Michael Wilson are money interviews. That's what the media loves, okay? Not only players, but great draft picks when it comes to the media sessions. So that's just as valuable as anything. Anytime you need me, (laughs) I'll be right here to interview with you. Um, Whatever the fans want, any questions they got, I'm here. That's great. We continue. Keytrell Clark was our guest as, yes, we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. What a good job at the point of attack right there. It seemed like DJ Humphrey's got a nice block. DJ Humphrey's pumping his chest and his fist. It's been a culture shock. It ain't even been a sh- no gradual shift. It's shock. Either get with it or get gone. JG. Yeah, that's it. You know, you know, you met him. It's either you're going to be like that or you're going to go home. It's that simple. It's, that's that's really the mentality. Yeah, that's the mentality of it. So it's, it makes it easy. And especially when you got older guys like me, all the Buddha, all those guys that's buying into the system. You know what I mean? You got, when, when you have your leaders that are falling into that mode, there's nobody that's behind you that's going to buck the system when they see guys like me, guys like K1, Buddha, that are falling into place and doing everything right. They're going to they're gonna do the same thing. Get with it or get gone. Yep. It's part of how DJ Humphreys described the new culture. Not a culture shift, but a culture shock. <laughs> Let that hang for a minute. That really describes and summarizes yeah. what's going on here at Cardinals Camp. As we wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. Special thanks again to Keytrell Clark. I tell you what, every one of these guys we've run into who have been brought in in the offseason, Almost every one of them has like the 99th percentile when it comes to passion for the game. Keytrell Clark is yep. one of those guys. Yep. The Zach Pascals, the Kaiser Whites, all these guys were brought in for a reason, Wolf. And, and, and you just see, okay, they fit what this new staff is trying to establish. 
Paulie, there's no doubt about that. What I saw out there today, it, I, I could not have drawn it up any better if I had designed practice okay, for the Arizona Cardinals. Could I just tell you that? They were working in rundown situation, a team period where you've got 11 on 11, of course, and you're working rundown situation. Rundown is first and 10, second and one to six. Traditionally, that's what rundown, classic rundown situation is in the National Football League. First and 10, Paulie. Second and one to six. What what did they work on out there today? First and ten, second and one to six. And guess what? When you get into the rundown situation, that defines who you are as an offense. It does. Everybody throws the ball, Paul, when it's second and ten. Everybody throws the ball when it's third and eight. Everybody throws the ball, Paulie. We all understand that, right? What about rundown situation? That defines who you are as a team. Where's your quarterback, number one? And when I say where's your quarterback, is he under center? Is he in the shotgun? Is he in the pistol? Whatever it may be, where's your quarterback? Well, the Arizona Cardinals had their quarterback under center, I would say, 85 to 90% of the time. Really? This happened. Yes, this team period what what personnel groups are you in that defines who you are as well well you know what the arizona cardinals were in a lot of 12 dare i say even 13 personnel so 12 personnel one back two tight ends that seemed to be their mainstay that was their base and then they went one back, three tight ends, 13 personnel, often. Now, did they put the quarterback into the gun from time to time? Yes, they did. Of course they did. Did they go with 11 personnel in rundown situation from time to time? Yes, they did that. 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers. They did it all. But 85% of the time, they had that quarterback under center. 85% of the time, they were in 12 personnel in rundown situation, Paulie. What plays are you running? You're running the stretch. Of course, the outside play, the tackle zone is what I call it, with a bootleg coming off of it, a waggle to the weak side coming off of it, of course, a straight setup in the pocket, play action coming off of it, a seven-step drop, throwing the ball, attacking the middle of the field. You know what they were doing? In rundown situation, you want all of this to come together because what is the purpose of your scheme why are you doing it in rundown situation what is the purpose the purpose is to attack the line of scrimmage and then use play action to throw the ball you're going to do one of those two things right there and that's exactly what i saw the arizona cardinals working ad nauseum on out there today paulie this is a beautiful thing because it's one thing as we all know to sit there and give it lip service we all knew this was coming jg was talking about this this is what we're going to do he's not going to be in the shotgun i can tell you that much all the time he's going to be under center from time to time drew petzing saying don't tell people he's going to be under center from time to time right well listen you're not going to trick anybody this is the great thing about it you're going to x out execute people that's what you're going to do right there if you're going to run this scheme they're going to have to guess that second level the linebackers did he hand it off did he not hand it off who does he have the ball does he not and man i'm telling you what you got him right where you want him at that point in time what i saw out there today was the beginning of a very physical culture shock that is going to happen to this offense you know what else we saw correct me if i'm wrong saw play action and you saw play action 
hit home yes. against the Cardinals defense 11-on-11. Yes. 11 11. You saw Rondell Moore twice, big strikes off play action. Zach Paschal downfield. Yes. Hollywood Brown had a nice catch. They were targeting the tight ends. It's amazing how much more effective the downfield pass game is when the defense has to respect the run. And D.J. Humphrey's dumbing it down for us media types. When asked about the offense, he said, you know what, we're just doing a lot better job in this scheme of keeping defenses honest. Yes, Paulie, the very worst team in the National Football League in yards per attempt last year, throwing the ball, the Arizona Cardinals. They did not throw the ball down the field. And this is where they have to improve the most. And this is what running the ball and attacking the line of scrimmage in a north-south kind of way, this is what's going to allow Kyler Murray eventually and allow their quarterback, whomever it is, Colt McCoy, going forward to take shots down the field it opens up an awful lot on that play action stuff especially paulie across the middle of the field and you look today how many times they completed passes using play action across the middle of the field because guess what that's where those two inside linebackers line up they suck up to the line of scrimmage because they think you're running the ball now all of a sudden that secondary has got a problem because there's a lot of room behind those guys a lot of room over the middle of the field to throw the ball and look that's the way this team is going to compete this year not only do i think it's the dna and it's the scheme period but i think gives them the best chance to compete this year because if you're going to be talent deficient yes then guess what you better be physical you better keep these defenses honest you better have a ball control offense that's going to keep the other offense off the field. To me, this is their best chance to compete. So when Jonathan Gannon says repeatedly, what are the three words, adapt or die? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's currently constructed. This is their best chance to compete right here, right now. Paulie, it's all going to be on the line of scrimmage right now, and that's why my biggest concern going forward, and we've talked about this many times, but it's on the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line, and being able to stop the other team from lining up and just running the ball. That is going to be that is going to be job number one for for this defense going forward. Job number one is going to be stopping the run. You absolutely have got to do it. It's on the line of scrimmage still. This rebuild is on the line of scrimmage for the Arizona Cardinals offensively and defensively, Paul. Look, it was 115 degrees again today. We just set a new record for total number of days in a year, 115 or more. So you know what you need to do? You need to come out to Cardinals camp. You really do. You need to go to azcardinals.com slash camptix, C-A-M-P-T-I-X. Get your digital tickets. Come on out. Free parking, free access. Come on out to Back Together Weekend on Saturday. Enjoy the AC and a little football. And not only that, too, Paulie. Enjoy, I don't know, people yelling on a football field. What a beautiful thing that is right there. Not only players, but, of course, coaches yelling. And sometimes they're yelling at each other. And sometimes they're yelling at players. And sometimes players are yelling at players. It's a great See you next week on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Number one, Tyler You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.